Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. And right now joining us is McGee Humes from the Michigan Animal Rescue League in Pontiac. McGee, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. And we're going to be able to address a number of issues, but I first want you to share with our listeners what exactly is the Michigan Animal Rescue League? So the Michigan Animal Rescue League is a nonprofit organization located in Pontiac, Michigan. We have been on the corner of Featherstone and Martin Luther King in Pontiac since 1953, serving the animals in the community. And we are an animal shelter. We take in animals from various situations, whether they're stray, they're abandoned, they're surrendered from their families or the homes for whatever reason and we get them back on their feet and and ready for adoption so we're really you know we call ourselves a different breed of shelter and we live that and breathe that every day we are over here challenging the stereotypes that animal shelters are sad places to be you know we're brightly colored over here on the corner and you know we do <laughs> we do a lot of fun things here our um, team is really high energy and fun and you know, we try to make it a great experience for every animal that enters our door, as well as every person that comes in. And, um, you know, in addition to providing the services that we do to the animals that enter our care, we also provide outreach services to low income um, households in our community by providing food and supplies if they're struggling to keep their animal a part of their home. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to get into that too. But at any given time, how many animals do you have at the shelter? At any given time, we're providing care to approximately 150 animals. Wow. We provide services to about 1,500 animals per year. Oh, and wow. That's, that's, that's quite dogs a bit. and cats. Okay. So is it all dogs and cats, no other animals? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, and then tell us what's the state of adoptions today, ownership and welfare today post-pandemic? So, you know, it's interesting. We're at an interesting time coming out of COVID. So a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people adopted, a lot of people brought pets into their homes during the pandemic, which it was wonderful, is great. But it also means that a lot of households are full. A lot of, you know, animals are in homes. So adoptions are slow right now for us. Um, intakes are steady. So it creates a little bit of a backlog. So there's definitely, you know, a need for our services. There's a need for adoptions. So we're working really hard to promote the animals that we have um, for adoption. And we're working really hard to place those animals so that we can take in as many as, as we can, because there's there's no shortage of animals out there that, that need our assistance. The number of at-risk and, and homeless animals isn't slowing down out there and, and we're here for them, but it makes it harder when they're moving out the door a little bit slower. So, you know, the, the pressure's on right now. So we're doing everything we can. Mikey, let me ask you this. I had heard this the other day and I don't know if it's true, but I had heard that. Um, so a lot of people during the pandemic and the lockdowns got pets. And then when they went back to work and realized I can't care for this and they just kind of let their animal go. Did you see an increase of animals at the shelter immediately post the pandemic? 
You know, we did not. I know okay. I, you know, I read a little bit of that narrative. You know, we, we talk a lot with our, our counterparts throughout Southeast Michigan as well. And we all kind of agreed that we weren't really necessarily seeing that. Of course, we saw, you know, a handful here and there, but we, we didn't necessarily see this mass, you know, influx of animals from the pandemic that people couldn't care for. Really what we're seeing more of is, um, is, you know, so many people took in animals. It was just such a surge of animals. It was like an unheard of number of animals being adopted and fostered during that time that now it's such a drastic um, drop off in people that are adopting. So that's really more of the- I see that. Okay. So less, okay, that kind of makes sense. And then, so when people are considering adopting um, an animal, what are some of the things they should take into consideration? So commitment, that's the, the one word I would say, commitment, 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 time and financial commitment. You know, we all know the benefits of owning an animal. So it's companionship and love and, you know, the physical and mental health benefits, but there's a very long-term commitment involved and getting an animal is not an impulse decision. So we always advise people, if you're if you're not sure about making that lifetime commitment, you know, animals can live a long time. Dogs and cats live, you know, 10, 12, even more years than that. So if you're not sure about that, then volunteer with us, sign up to volunteer and come in and get your fix, you know, spending time with animals that way. If you're not sure if you're ready for the commitment, but otherwise, if you know that you're ready for that lifelong commitment, then it's all about making the right match. And we're definitely, that's something that we're very passionate about here at Marl is making the right match for the animal and the adopter. We're all about setting both the animal and the adopters up for success. So are you a really active household? Are you more of a relaxed household? Do you have time to work on training a puppy or do you need you know, a dog that's maybe a little bit older? Do you already have cats in your home? And do you need a cat that will fit in with other cats? Or do you, are you a single home? You know, do you not have pets in your home already? And maybe you'd prefer a cat that's going to be really engaging and spending a lot of time with you. So we, our staff and team, we spend a lot of time with our animals. It's one of the things we do best. So we really get to know them and their personalities. And then we really love spending time with people that come in to adopt and getting to know them. And we really are looking, you know, it's a very transparent, honest, conversational process because we want to set everybody up for success, animals and, and the adopters. We want everybody to be happy. You know, that's a really good point. Um, commitment is, you're right, very important. And then are you going to, is this animal going to be part of your family, the personality? Because that makes a big difference, um, you, how you connect with an animal. Um, Absolutely. We have a, we've had, a, I grew up, I had a couple dogs growing up. I, we have a dog now I absolutely adore. And they are a part of your family. I mean, I consider yeah. him like my little son, my furball baby. Right? And, um, <laughs> yeah. And um, let me ask you this, how do they, and you know, how do a lot of these an animals end up with you? I mean, because I've known stories, like I have friends that have adopted animals that hit, were abused and, you know, um, and stuff like that. So how do they end up with you? That's a great question. So every animal arrives with it, with its own story and its own background, its own history. You know, we take in animals that are strays that, you know, somebody just finds 
you know, wandering the streets somewhere. We take in animals that are surrendered um, oftentimes through no fault of their own. You know, maybe their family has fallen on hard times. Maybe there's an allergy suddenly in the family. Maybe there's a relocation and there's, you know, a reason that they can't take them um, with them. We have, unfortunately, animals that come to us having been victims of neglect and abuse. We sometimes have animals that are left on our doorstep overnight and the, mm. the thing that we all yeah it's it's devastating we see a lot of really um really sad things and the the best part you know i think all of us our team always agrees that even the saddest things that come in there's always a moment when we're looking at this animal and we're just thinking thank goodness you're here with us now like we just feel yeah. fortunate to be in this position yeah. to be able to help but yeah. the one the other point too i want to make sure i make is that when people do need to surrender um, we're not here to judge, you know, a lot of times, you know, people will get upset and say, how can someone give up their animal just because they're moving? How can someone give them up just because, and, you know, we all, everybody's situation is, is different. And we try really hard not to, to judge anybody. If they feel like they have to give up their animal for whatever reason, our hope is that they'll bring them to us or somewhere like us where they'll get the care and the second chance that they deserve. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're not here to judge. We're just here to, to help and take that animal in and get all the information from that person that we can, so that we can best care for that animal. I love that McGee Humes is who we're talking to here and it's your community executive director of the Michigan animal rescue league in Pontiac. And that's a really good point. Cause I do know, um, I knew, I know a couple people who, you know, did have to give up their animals because their jobs uh, took them away traveling and sure. they were never home. And they, you know, they end up giving their dog to, some, you know, somebody they know. It, it happens, you know, it's not that yeah. they didn't love their dog. Sure. Um, and then I've heard abuse stories. I, you know, there was one story a few years ago, relatives of ours ended up with this really cute little dog. Um, and it was because of their dad owned a business and this guy, this customer used to come in every day with this dog. And the dad knew that the dog was being abused and he would confront the customer. And he said, listen, if I see this dog, you know, hurt and one more time, I'm taking this dog from you. And he ended up taking the dog from me, literally took the dog and said, I dare you to try to take this dog back from me. <laughs> wow, wow. He, he was just tired of like the abuse that he, the dog would have a broken paw, a broken leg. A broken, oh, it yeah. Was just like, yeah. So that my heart breaks when I hear those stories, but yes. you know, they've had this dog for 10 years now. And the customer didn't fight him on him. He, he like basically surrendered the dog to him. Um, so for people who, you know, have young families, kids, you know, um, what would you say to them about them visiting the center and helping pick out their own dog, you know, or their own cat, you know, their own pet? Absolutely. We welcome that and we encourage it. And we actually, part of our adoption process is that we ask that every member of the family comes into the shelter to meet the animal that you're considering taking home because you'd be surprised sometimes you know you think every kid loves every dog or every cat but we've seen it here so many times that that's not always the case so yeah we definitely encourage every member of the family come in make it a family experience and come in and meet a bunch of different you know sometimes people will come in and think they're looking for this type of dog and then they end up leaving with something totally different and so you know we give them plenty of time we give them all the resources that they need we can answer questions about dogs they can spend time 
inside, outside. You know, we we schedule appointments so that you know there's no rush, and our staff is really knowledgeable and compassionate, and really wants to make the best match. So bring those kids on in here, and <laughs> yeah. let's make a match. Yeah, yeah, because I think you know when it, when a pet becomes part of your family you know, and you have two, three kids at home, they got to connect with the animal. They got to connect with the pet, you know, without a doubt. So tell us Maggie about the, um, new center in Pontiac that opened last year. Give us an, an overview of it. Oh my gosh. We are feel so fortunate to have, um, to have this new facility. So we, like I mentioned earlier, we have been on the corner of Featherstone and Martin Luther King since 1953. We were an old house that had had you know, in addition here, in addition there, and we were housing animals. We were doing great work, but we were just bursting at the seams. The facility was old. It was too small. It was outdated. It was never intended to be an animal shelter. It was amazing what we were able to do in that facility, but it just, it wasn't enough. And as the demand grew and as our organization continued to grow, we knew we needed more. Um, We had a lot of plans. We had, um, we have a staff and a volunteer team and a board of directors that came together and said, okay, this is this is what we need from, from beginning to end. This is what would be amazing to be able to provide animals from the time they step foot in the shelter to the time they walk out in their, with their new family. This is what we'd like to provide. And then at about the same time, we had a lead donor come forward and he looked at these plans and said, I want, I want to see this happen. So it all kind of came together um, at at the perfect time. We were able to acquire a little bit of additional land. So we were able to stay right here because serving the Pontiac community was very important to us. We wanted to be able to stay here um, on this corner because we know um, the city of Pontiac relies on us and needs us. So we didn't want to go far. So we um, brought in a great architect. We brought in Fly Plus from Ann Arbor and we worked with Frank Rewald and Sons and we built this spectacular building that is, um, I mean, it's amazing. It's just from beginning to end is focused, laser focused on animal care. We went from 5,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet. Wow. Yeah, and it's really- yeah, it's very cool. From the minute you walk in, you sort of get that feeling, like I said, different breed of shelter, not a sad place, a happy, welcoming place. It's open. There's a lot of natural light because we know that's great for animals. It's great for people. Um, you know, our cat rooms, there's tons of perching capabilities. I'm I'm sitting in a cage-free cat room right now, and I can count nine cats all around me, all of them sitting <laughs> in a funny window spot, which makes them all very happy. Yeah. Um, we've got custom-built kennels that, you know, provides 24-hour indoor-outdoor access, heated floors. Um, you know, we, we've invested a lot in disease control and HVAC systems and all the things we know we need for an animal shelter, but... We also looked at, you know, really, you know, specific things like, you know, we offer, you know, so much enrichment here for the animals. So we offer, you know, we've got music playing all the time. We've got dogs playing games. We've got a ball pit. We've got, you know, um, aromatherapy all the time going through the kennels. We've got all kinds of things. So it's everything animals need and then a whole lot of things that we wanted for them to have to make their lives better. So it's it's a really special kind of a place. And we feel really fortunate to be able to offer this type of a facility to the animals when they arrive and then also to the community. Do you um, share with the families how to continue that when they do adopt a, a pet saying, you know, 
you know, this pet actually likes, you know, the aromatherapy or music played and, or playing catch, or do you share that kind of information with the families? Absolutely. That's a really good question. Yes. So when we meet with families, we'll tell them all about this animal, you know, this dog likes this or this cat likes this. And it's funny, sometimes we'll get updates and they'll say like, yeah, you were right this. And then other times they'll say once they got in a home, like, well, he doesn't like, sometimes we'll even send them home with a special toy and they'll say, well, once they got home, they didn't want this toy anymore. Yeah. They wanted this <laughs> one. Like they, but yeah, of course we do. And we talk, we do a lot of training too. You know, the, a lot of the animals that come to us haven't received, um, you know, basic medical care and basic training. Those are the two things that we really, mm. um, you know, we really have to provide our animals and the medical care, um, obviously, you know, we'll share everything with the adopters. You know, this is what we've done. If we've had to do surgeries or, you know, any types of treatments and we'll send them home with any types of medications the animal might be on. Otherwise we'll just send them home with the, the vet records so they can continue treatment. But behavior wise, you know, we work with them here on sit, stay, don't jump with puppies. Don't be mouthy because those types of things, one, make a dog more adoptable, but also help them fit better and acclimate better into their home once they get there. So we'll provide all those materials too. Like this is what we've been working on with this dog. And sometimes in, in cases where dogs are, we feel like they're maybe extra rambunctious or extra energetic, we'll even offer a free session with one of our trainers, like a free seven week session so that we can ensure that they're going to continue training because we really feel like that dog needs it. Okay, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to pick your brain, McGee, for one second. How yeah. do you get your dog to stop barking at every single dog in the neighborhood when you take them oh for a my walk? Gosh. Or you every know person? I... <laughs> <laughs> if you find out the answer to that, let me know. <laughs> yeah. You know how I would answer that? I would uh -huh. say, I need to connect you with our dog wellness coordinator because yeah. she would Anytime anyone asks me dog questions, I say uh, dog wellness coordinator and cat questions are cat wellness coordinator because we have a remarkable staff here uh, that they answer questions that I, they blow my mind with all the knowledge that they have. And they're always learning new things and tips. So maybe I'm assuming that's, that's a, you're asking not for a friend. So I'm going oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, so I have a Shih Tzu. I have a Shih Tzu. Okay, and I he barks at the biggest dogs. I'm like Oreo. They poop more poops than you. Okay, like what are you doing trying to attack like a 200 pound dog? You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's personal. It's personal. Again. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna connect you with our dog wellness coordinator. Yeah, after you're awesome. You Thank out. you. That's that's <laughs> hilarious. I want to ask you about your annual fundraiser event at Meadowbrook uh, at the end of September. Yappy hour. Tell us about it. and bring your own dog. Tell us about it's that. Bring your own dog. So Yappy Hour is the only cocktail party in Metro Detroit where your dog is welcome. It's at um, the Meadowbrook Hall. It's in the Rock Garden at Meadowbrook Hall. And it is a just a remarkably fun, beautiful evening where guests come and enjoy cocktails, music, hors d'oeuvres, desserts. There's a um, gourmet dog bar where dogs can come up and get all kinds of fancy treats. We have fun vendors there it's just a really lovely beautiful evening where guests have their dogs with them and it's um I mean it, plain and simple it's just that it's like having a cocktail with your dog it's so fun and guests tell us all the time 
even not bringing your dog is fun because you get to interact with all these people and their dogs. It's just a really light, fun atmosphere. We have a great silent auction. We do these really cool red carpet photos where you walk the red carpet with your dog and you leave with the photo. <laughs> we have lots of photo opportunities throughout. So you're getting um, like themed photos with your dog, which you can't do everywhere. It's a really fun, the energy is always just kind of magical. The theme this year is um, under the stars and we, um, you know, it starts to get dark. It's in late September, it's on a Thursday evening and it's, um, you know, once the lights start twinkling, it just feels kind of magical and you're just in a beautiful setting with your dog. And the best part is that the proceeds benefit all of the animals that we care for here at, at Michigan Animal Rescue League. So it's, you know, it's a fun event, but it's also, it's a celebration of the many lives saved, but it's also, um, it's a fundraiser. So we're helping, you know, we're only a few miles away from the shelter when we're there at that event. So we always, we remind our guests that, you know, we thank them for being there and enjoying that evening with us, but we also remind them that there's still staff and there's still animals that are back at the shelter right now. And it's because of them and their support that our staff is able to be back there, tucking them all in, getting them all ready for bed and, you know, giving them their late night snack and their late night bone. And we couldn't do it without the support of this event. So it's a really important fundraiser. It's the biggest fundraiser that we do. And um, we hope everyone will join us. Again, that's Thursday, September 29th at Meadowbrook. So, McGee, for people who want to go to the fundraiser and people mm -hmm. who want to volunteer, how do they reach you? What what can you share with them? So, our website is moralleague.org. It's M-A-R-L-E-A-G-U-E.org. And you can find all the information there um, for Yappy Hour, for how to volunteer, different programs that we have, and how to get involved. I love that Yappy Hour. How many years have you been doing that fundraiser? What, what how is, clever. This will be our 13th. Oh yeah. Very cute. Very, yeah. I love it. So it's, it's, it's really bigger and better every year. Yeah. Meadowbrook is a great location to have a oh fundraiser. It truly is. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful venue. It's just really nice to be in such a lovely setting, you know, with your dog. It's just yeah. fun to sort of see dogs enjoying that, that type of atmosphere. It's really nice. So, um, McGee, I like to ask guests when they come on at your community, um, our theme here is really about connecting, communicating, and collaborating with the community and how collaboration is important when it comes to doing the work that you're doing. What would you say to our listeners about your technique as a leader, as the executive director of the Michigan Animal Rescue League about collaborating and connecting, communicating with others in the community? Um, that's a really good question. So it's, um, you know, in the work that we do in, in trying to accomplish what we try to accomplish here every day, I think it's all about connections. I mean, we have 22 staff members, we have over 200 volunteers, we have a board of directors, we have thousands of donors, and everybody has a vested interest in, in the work that we do here. And, and we're fortunate that everybody has a vested interest in that. So we, you know, we're very, um, we're very open to opinions and ideas and thoughts from, from, from all of our constituents. And it's, it's a lot of different people. And we remind ourselves often that we have a lot of different audiences. You know, we have people that donate to us. We have people that adopt from us. We have people that require our services. We have people that come to volunteer that, that work here, that, that come here to see our animals, just to visit or to read to our animals. There's a lot of different people that come here for different reasons. And, 
you know, we're pretty open to hearing what everybody's sort of, um, sort of what moral means to them and why moral is important to them. And, you know, our teams it, internally, we meet very often, you know, we kind of joke that we over communicate here that we, we kind of like to talk through everything. So internally, we're all about, you know, getting the right people on the team, people that are hardworking and genuine and people that are good stewards of our mission and then playing to their strengths. And I think that sort of, um, that sort of spirit sort of, exaggerates like outside of outside of the organization as well you know we connect with other organizations you know we talk with our other counterparts and you know i think just in that like we're we're a team player within pontiac and oakland county and, and beyond and we want to do our best to to work with those in the community to do the best work we can every day yeah those are key messages that you just shared uh, mickey and i know that from my experience as a coach communications coach and career coach because communication is the biggest biggest disconnect and over communicating is something most companies don't do and working to your strengths i mean that's key and as a gallup strengths coach i could tell you that's essential and when your staff is working to their strengths that you guys are not you guys are going to inevitably succeed i mean because you're working towards each other's strengths that's wonderful what else do you want to share with our listeners uh that i might not have asked you before we let you go um you know just come come and visit us come find out what we're about we've got this beautiful facility here and you know we welcome everybody to come come and meet us come take a tour you know we love welcoming people into the facility to see the work that we do i think you know when we invite people in here we we like for people to sort of see for themselves what a different breed of shelter really means. And, um, you know, we just welcome people to come as a volunteer, or if you just want to kind of get a feel for, for what goes on here and, and meet some animals and um, just come and see what we do. We, you know, we welcome it. And get your pet and consider going to Yappy Hour in September. Give out your website again one more time or any any information you want to share with our listeners. So our, our website is moralleague.org. It's M-A-R-L-E-A-G-U-E.org. So it's moral and then league.org, but just one L. And then our phone number is 248-335-9290. Give that wow, one more time, Maggie. One two, more time, the phone two, number. Four, eight, Three three five nine two nine zero. McGee Humes, Executive Director of the Michigan Animal Rescue League. Thank you so much for joining us here on It's Your Community. Thank you for having me. Great. Any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to, you can email me, Vanessa Denha, at uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, or you can find me on any of my social media platforms. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.